enjoy more than the frantic chaos of a baptism Sunday. And to have to run around and change clothes and dry off, and I love it. Because today is such an exciting day. It is such a day. I think Joe already said it when he said that today is a blessing. And I think, and I, as I think about today, I see today as a gift. And days like today are just such tremendous gifts because we get to experience and we get to see how God is still moving in this church. And God is still doing wonderful, fantastic things in the lives of people who will surrender themselves to them. And so I praise God that you are with us today to share in that gift. For all of you watching online, we praise the Lord that you are with us as well. Um, let's start today by going to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God and King, Lord, we come before you now, Lord, and we stand in all of your goodness. God, we know that you are, are the God who, who moves, and even through hard, trying, and challenging times, God, you still work things for good according to your purpose, and God, for those who, who love you and, and are called according to your purpose. Father God, as we gather today and as we celebrate things like baptisms and the good news that we have in Christ, God, I pray that today would, would lift up our spirits in such an amazing way that we would truly experience showers of blessings as we trust in you. God, as we have gathered, we have heard many, many good reports for this week of, uh, of Kenny doing better in the hospital, of the, the Gleasons are, are in New York, Philip is feeling well, of healings and, and your provision in, in so many different ways. And God, for that, we praise you and give you glory. Lord, we lift up the, the family of Carolyn Burton as they are, have, have lost their, their mother this week. God, we pray that you would just be with that whole family, that you would strengthen them and encourage them. God, that you would be with all of us that have suffered loss recently. And God, that your strength and your mercy would overwhelm us to such a degree that, God, we would have no other option but to praise you for your goodness. Lord, we pray that you would be with us today. God, may your spirit move through um, this message and may it touch our hearts. And God, may many more be transformed by the good news of the gospel that they have both seen and will hear today. Lord, we ask these things in the precious name of Christ. Amen. As I mentioned, today is a really a gift. And what we got to do today was celebrate a gift as well. And I'm sure many of you, and if I were to ask the question, how many of you in this room like to get gifts? How many of you like to get gifts? Yes, I love no hesitation there at all. Becky's like, me, me. Well, this isn't Oprah, unfortunately. I'm not going to start throwing stuff into the crowd. I don't have that. Um, we're Bible people, so I'd probably be throwing a book at you, and that's just not safe. So I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll do that today. Um, how many of you like to give gifts? Do you like to give away gifts? Lots of you like to give. That's a fun experience. That's one of those things where, where when I was a kid, and some of you may argue I still am a kid, but when I was a kid, I loved to give. But as, I've, as I have ever so slowly shifted to adulthood, I also really like to give gifts. I like to give gifts. I like to really nail it. I need to turn on the microphone. There you go. Thank you, wife. Um, I like to, there it is. For everybody online, we apologize for that. We were talking about gifts um, and not the moving pictures that you can send people and be funny. Um, we are, when I got older, I really liked to give the gifts. I loved it when... Um, I could give that get perfect gift to my kids. 
I love it when I can really get that perfect gift from my wife. I'm the guy at Christmas time that, that when my kids might ask for that hard-to-find item, I become Indiana Jones in the beginning of, of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where I will go through store after store after store of finding that, that special artifact, whether that is some sort of Disney princess doll or who knows what it might be in order to find that thing that I know my daughters like and, and that if I get it, I know that I'm going to nail Christmas morning. That is the, the type of person I am. I'm sure that all of us could think back to a time where you either gave or you received a gift that was super meaningful and it still has an impact on your life. For me, when I think about that, I think about kind of receiving a gift. And when Liz and I dated back in college, we really liked, we were movie people. And I worked at a movie theater. That may have been one of the only reasons Liz dated me at all. But I, because she got free movies out of that, that relationship. And we loved movies. And so it was very common for my wife and I, when we went on a date, to go to a movie. Um, and that's not just because I'm cheap. Um, but we would go to a movie, or if we went out and did stuff, we would often end with us watching a movie at, at her place or at my place. Even if we knew we weren't going to finish the movie, um, we would watch a movie together and, and just enjoy that time together. One of the movies that we liked a great deal, and, and one of those movies that even still today we watch fairly regularly, is The Lord of the Rings. Loved The Lord of the Rings, loved that. It's a long movie, that's hence why the reason we said we didn't always finish the movies. And even one of the first times that we, first dates, I think it was the first date when we started dating in college, we had gone out and hung out with some friends and then she had told me, hey, I've got the new Fellowship of the Ring that's the big long one that's like 17 hours. And, and I was like, oh, I want to see that. And she's like, well, come on over. And so we can't, so even on the, from the very, very beginning, we were watching movies and in particular, The Lord of the Rings was a movie that we really enjoyed read the books, talked about the books, all that type of stuff. Well, if we fast forward about three years, Liz and I are now married and we are celebrating our first Christmas together. And we woke up early because we're still children at heart and still do for the most part, wake up early. And we went into our living room and just my wife and I exchanged gifts before we went on to spend the rest of the day with family. And the last present I got, Liz handed me this very small box and as a, being a 20-something-year-old man, being handed this small box, I knew I didn't wear jewelry. And I had no idea what on earth I had asked for or we had talked about that would fit in this little small box. And so as I opened it up, I opened up the box, and inside that box was a key to the car that I already owned. So I thought for a second, I already have a Ford Tempo. It's not that great. Why are you giving me keys to a car I already own? But people that are older in the room will know this. Back in those times, your trunk and your ignition key were two different keys. And your ignition key was square and your trunk key was round. This was the trunk key. And so without a moment's hesitation, I jumped up. I was probably wearing pajamas and no shoes. And I ran out the door of our apartment and down the stairs to the car. And as I put that key into the trunk and I opened up the back of the car, there sitting in the very center of that car was a sword with a big red bow around it. And it was a sword from that movie. 
It was Aragorn's sword, the sword that he had through the first two movies where he was a ranger. It was sweet. And I loved it. And it was made out of metal and it was big and it was cool. And still to this day, if you come by the office, I will show you that sword is hanging above my desk. That is my favorite sword. And yes, that means I have more than one. That's what you, I'm sorry, I'm weird. And I love that sword. And not only do I love that sword because of what it is and the movie it came from, and the, but, it, but because of who gave it to me and the memories that go with it and the thoughtfulness and the love that that sword, which is a weird thing to say, represents. This sword is a very special gift to me, and I'm sure that all of you have special gifts that, that come to mind when I even told this story. When special people gave you special gifts for a special reason. But I want to let you in on a little secret today. That sword, and even though that is my, one of my favorite possessions and something that my wife gave me that I absolutely love, that sword is still not the greatest gift that I've ever received. And to tell you about that gift, I want to turn in our Bibles to the book of Romans. And turn with me to Romans chapter 6, and I'm going to read only one verse today. Romans 6, 23. If you are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Please be seated. Such a small verse, and yet such a powerful statement, and such a beautiful reminder of the gift that we even celebrated this morning. Romans 6.23 is well known, but it tells us of the greatest gift that we could ever hope to ever receive. So let's take a few moments this morning to break down this verse. First, we see that in this passage that we have a need for this verse. If we look again at the first half of this passage, it says this, For the wages of sin is death. Now, I have to admit that I cannot really justify that I had a need for a sword. It is not very often that I need to draw my sword to defend my family from orcs or robbers or who knows what else may come along. I think in this day and age, that would be much like bringing a knife to a gunfight. However, we can often think about gifts that we have received in our life that were meaningful, that did have a huge impact on our lives, that were something that we needed. We read stories about the kid that needed a new pair of shoes and either his classmates or his teacher or some other passerby was invested in this child to give them the shoes that they needed. You may think of when you started a new job, and because you started that new job, there was certain tools of the trade that you might require. Maybe you were working at Alltech, or you started a job at a, at a, at a gym, or, or even in the legal profession, and someone gave you a tool, whether it was a literal tool, like a screwdriver, or a pair of pliers, or something else, or maybe just figuratively, like a, a really nice pen. 
And that became a tool of the trade for you, something that you used regularly and often. And you always remember that someone in your life gave you that tool. Sometimes the great gifts that we get are great because they fill a need in our lives. And the great gift, indeed the greatest gift that we have ever received was because it filled a need in our lives. See, we have a need because sin is in our lives. And sin is not just something that's there, but something that has an impact on our life. You may ask yourself, well, what do you mean by sin? Obviously, we, that is a word that sometimes we throw around in our culture today, but we don't really know what it means. And sometimes we even, because of culture and whatnot, it's even celebrated. But what is sin? Well, I still like the definition that I've heard some 20 years ago that says sin is doing what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, regardless of what God wants us to do. Sin is when we go our own way. We have a God who created all things and created all things with purpose and on purpose. And that all of us in this room today, we were created by God and God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. But every single one of us in this room, without any exceptions, chooses to go our own way instead. Because of what we want or what we think is best. And when we do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, regardless of what God wants us to do, that is sin. And our passage reveals to us that this sin has a very real consequence. In fact, if we look at the passage, we begin to realize that the whole passage around Romans 6.23 speaks to that, that reality and what comes there. Let me pick up re really quickly in uh, verse 20. It says, For when you were slaves to, of sin... You were freer in regards to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you deriving from the things which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of these things is death. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life. See, what this passage is revealing to us is that, that all of us have this sin problem in our lives. And, and because we have this sin problem in our lives, sin is not only in our lives, it has taken over our lives. And we may not, you may be here today and you may have, well, I don't feel like sin rules my life. But I might challenge you for just a second. You ever felt like you should have done the right, something, but you didn't? Have you ever known the right thing to say, but said something else? Have you ever known what the right thing to do was, but you just inexplicably did not do that thing? Or maybe even did the exact opposite of it? Have you ever said one thing more than you should have said and regretted saying it? Often, if we begin to really reflect on our life, we begin to see just how much sin has control of our lives. And guys, I want you to understand, I'm speaking in the first person. I cannot tell you how many times in my life I have sent one text too many. Or how many times in my life I have allowed a thought, an unfriendly, unpleasant thought, linger too long. And sometimes even become action. 
Make no mistake, we are enslaved to sin. And we may not be the worst person we could possibly be, but we're nowhere near the best person we could possibly be. And so sin has its effect. And the Bible says in this passage, it says that sin has enslaved us, and because sin has enslaved us, it results in death. Now, this death is, is, is in part the physical death that we all experience. In part, it's the reality that, that we have these bodies and eventually these bodies will give way. And they will and our heart will one day stop beating. That's most certainly part of it. But as Paul is writing, he's not just talking about a physical death, a, a, an immediate death or, or something that might happen to us as we grow older or something, something happens to us. But he's talking about a spiritual death, a death that will carry on into eternity. A death that means that we will not only die in this world, but when we die, we will remain separated from God in a place of eternal tor torment. And so we make, it makes it very clear, we do most certainly have a need. And since we have a need, we see in the second part of this passage, since we have a need, God provides the gift. Again, carrying that passage on to its end, it says, but the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is important for us to remember first and foremost that the life that Jesus offers us, the life that we have in Christ, the life that we celebrated as these two went from death to life in the baptismal waters, all of this is a gift. Our passage today makes it abundantly clear that we have not earned life. In fact, it makes it abundantly clear that we have earned death. It is what we deserve. But it is God who steps into our desperate situation and provides us a gift. If we take a moment, as we have been throughout this whole time, and we think about what gifts are gifts, first off, gifts are not earned. Gifts are given. If we earn something, it is not a gift. It is a wage. If you say, hey, hey, mom, if I clean up the room and, and rake all the leaves and clean out the garage, can I have 20 bucks? And, you, and they say yes. And when you've done all that work and they say, okay, here's a gift of $20, you'd say, that's not a gift. I worked for that. But when your family says, I'm so proud of you and I love you, happy birthday, here is a gift. You understand that that gift did not need to be given. But it was given out of love. See, gifts are not earned. Instead, gifts are given freely. They are something you just hand over. And they are given freely because they are given out of love. So there is no question that this free gift of eternal life that we are given is a gift that has been given out of love from God. We need only go to probably the most famous passage of all time, John 3, 16, to read that God so loved the world that he gave, hence the gift, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. 
this good news of the gospel that you hear us talk about all the time is the good news that God has given us a gift of eternal life. Well, what does it mean to have eternal life? We've already talked about the reality of sin means that we all die and we all die physical deaths. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but just because you, pray, you make Jesus the Lord of your life and you, maybe even if you pass through the baptismal waters, that doesn't mean that you will never die and never have to worry about dying again. The truth is that the, the, still the consequences of sin, sin remain and death will happen to everyone in this room. But if you are in Christ, instead of going on to an eternity separated with Christ, with Christ, you will go on to be with Christ. You will go on to be with Christ and with God in paradise. And that one day you will inherit a new heaven and a new earth where you will live forever. The eternal life that Paul is talking about here is an eternity with God. Enjoying him, experiencing the fullness of his presence and his, and his blessings. To be set free from sin and all of its consequences and effects on your body. When Paul says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. He is offering us something far better than our brains can even comprehend. None of us in this room, and I, will, I, will, and I am including myself in this reality, none of us in this room knows what it feels like to be without sin. To never have to worry about getting older. To never have to experience pain. To never have to, to worry about doing the right thing or experience temptation. We don't know what it means. You probably, I know we have a lot of guests here today, and, and one of the interesting things about me as a person is I was born with an eye condition called nystagmus. And nystagmus means that my eyes never stop twitching. So if you look at me and my eyes are twitching, I'm not on drugs. I was born that way. What that means for me is I have never experienced a moment in my life where the world didn't flicker. Not one. From the day I was born, my eyes moved. And as long as I have been alive, the world around me has flickered. And there will come a day where I will go and I will be with the Lord and I will see perfectly. I have no idea what that means. But I know it'll be good. And I know I want to be a part of that. And so when I talk about eternal life, I, I have a concept of what it means to say, I have no idea what it'll be like to be without sin. But I know it'll be good. And I know that the only way that happens is through a relationship with Christ. Please understand, when we talk about gifts, one thing we know is that gifts still cost somebody money right? If I buy a gift from my daughter there in the corner of the room, she didn't pay a thing for it, but I did. So too is the free gift of eternal life. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says this, while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man, someone would dare to die. 
But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This free gift that we are even offering to you today, it still came with a cost. And that cost was the blood that Jesus shed on the cross where he paid the price for our sins. This leads us to the last thing that we have to think about when it comes to this free gift of eternal life, and that is how do we receive this free gift? Well, the, the question could be quite simply asked, how does anyone ever receive any gift? If you thought about it for just a moment, when does a gift become yours? We have a our children's ministry here in Tunnel Hill Baptist Church, who's not in the room right now, so I get to talk about her. Her son is, so he'll, he'll get to enjoy this. She and her whole family loves Walt Disney World. Matthew, do you love Walt Disney World? Yes, he does. Imagine for just a moment, if I were to ask Brittany, what is something you really want? She would say, I would like a vacation to Walt Disney World. Really, she would probably say, I want a house in Walt Disney World and I'll just live there forever. But I would say, and I'd say, okay, picture this for a moment. She loves Walt Disney World. I'm going to give her lifetime season passes to Walt Disney World. I'm going to buy her a condominium within walking distance of Walt Disney World. And if that's not good enough, I'll make her her own monorail station so that even if she doesn't feel like walking, she can walk out her door, get on the monorail, because that's, that's the first ride at Disney. I don't care what you say. And she can take the monorail to whatever park. We'll build her her own monorail to whatever park she wants to go to in Walt Disney World. I will pay for all of her food for life, for everything she ever wants to do, and she will get the ultimate Mickey VIP Fast Pass, which means that she never has to wait in a line in her entire life. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Better than probably even just saying, I would like a trip to Disney World. For the record, that's what eternal life is like. It's what you think you love amplified to the in infinite degree. And if I turn to Brittany, or Matthew's here, so I'll turn to you, Matthew, but you don't have to say anything, so just be paying attention. And I went up to Matthew and I said, here is the deed to your new condo, the keys to your monorail, your super fast pass, your ultimate fast pass, your lifetime tickets, your, your basically the, the card that you hand an employee that tells you, if I get it, it's free. If I want it, it's free. And I hand that to, and I say, Matthew, this is a gift for you. And I said, here it is. When would it become Brittany's? When would it become Matthew's? Think about it for a second. It's there. It's in the hand. It's given out. When does it become yours? The answer is when you reach out and take it, right? When someone gives you a gift, if I go up to Dan, who's right here in the front row, and I say, Dan, here is a present. Happy birthday. That present is still mine until Dan reaches out and he takes that present from my hand and he starts unwrapping it. But really, there's two things that have to happen. See, first, you have to really believe that you're being given that gift that there's no conditions, there's no strings attached, that, that the person there is really giving you a real gift and that that gift is yours. Matthew had to believe for just a second that when I said, here is your dream of Walt Disney for life, he had to look at me and say, I think he's really giving me that gift. He had to believe that I was giving it to him and then he had to reach out and take it.
The Bible explains salvation and this free gift of eternal life the exact same way. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart we believe unto righteousness and with the mouth we confess unto salvation. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. So what the Bible says is first, we have to believe in the gift. We have to believe that this free gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus was actually bought and paid for and given to us through Christ Jesus. That Jesus is a real person who was really the Son of God, who died on the cross for our sins, and who rose from the grave three days later. We have to believe that, and then we have to reach out and we have to take that gift. And the Bible says that we reach out, that means we have to put an action to it. We have to put our faith and our belief to action. And the Bible says we do that by making Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives. We, we, we truly, honestly, if you want to under the full consequence of that, we turn away from our sinful life and our sinful thoughts and the sinful person that we are now. And we turn to Jesus and choose to follow him. Now, we're not going to do that perfectly, but we choose, we draw a line in the sand that says from this day forth, Jesus is my Lord and my master. And even though I'll make mistakes, I am going to follow him and give all my life to him. The Bible says that if we do this, we will be saved. So let me ask you this today. What is preventing you from receiving that gift today? What's keeping you? It's there. God is holding that gift in his hand and he is, he's handing it out to you and says, this is for you. Eternal life. Eternity with me. Which is better than Disney World. If you can believe that, Matthew. My son has already paid the price. You only need to receive it. What is preventing you from sharing this gift? Remember, we are, are talking about getting the gospel to every home. And what I've just said to you, that is the gospel message. That is it, that God has made a, provided a free gift of eternal life for you. If you will place your hope and trust in Jesus Christ, if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess him as Lord. This is the good news. Why are we not sharing this more? This is good news. Who has God laid on your heart that needs to hear this good news? Is it a best friend, a roommate, a coworker? Is it a family member or a neighbor? Will you share this gift with them? Because the good news about this gift is the more we share it, the more we experience it today. Will you believe the good news? Will you reach out and take it? And will you pass it on to others who need to hear it? That is our question for you today. Let us pray.
Our gracious God and King, Lord, we praise you so much for the, this free gift that we have that, that I just stand in awe of. God, we recognize in, in the scripture today what a, a simple verse that says so much. And God, we recognize that, that this gift is, 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 is not just something that, that Paul wrote about hundreds and, and thousands of years ago, Lord, but, but this is a free gift that is being offered to us in this room today. That even now your spirit is, is convicting us of sin and, and, and you are telling us, I've paid the price. Your sins have been paid for. Receive this gift. Reach out and take it. Believe that it's there. And make Jesus the Lord of your life. Lord, I pray with all of my heart that those of us in this room today will not wait one more minute, one more hour, one more day. But that they would receive Christ. That they would make him their Lord and their Savior. And as the scriptures say, that they will be saved from their sins. But God, then I pray that we take a burden on our heart with us to see another person and another person and another person come to know Christ as well so that the wonderful news of this free gift may spread throughout Hardin County, throughout Bullitt County and, and Meade County and, and, and all the other counties around us. And the God that we would see you move in fantastic ways. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.